You are listening to the MZBC Students Greenhouse Podcast. For more information about Mount Zion Baptist Church, go to mzbc.net slash students or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mzbc students. Uh, you just back the volume off the top. Uh, we're continuing our series called uh, Whale Speaking. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 11 versus the world. So last week we looked at the disciples based off of sort of their track record, what we know of them uh, pre-crucifixion. So before Jesus died, kind of what, who they were, uh, and that Jesus called them, and the things that we um, looked at and pulled out from the, from looking at their lives, what we know from scripture, is that they were just ordinary people like you and I, right? And a lot of times, when we look at characters in the Bible, or these, these men and women in the Bible, I say characters, they were real people, um, we look at these men and women in the Bible, and we think all those people are in the Bible, so they're obviously better than me, and uh, there's no way that I could be used the way those people were, and that kind of thing. These were just average, average dudes, Joes, if you will, even though none of them were named Joe. Um, why did Joe get to be? Anyway, I'm just kidding. Uh, I won't go off on my, why my name's never chosen for anything. Um, I guess I could be nicknamed Joe, I guess. I don't know, but I'm not. Anyway, uh, so the disciples were ordinary people just like you and I. And so there was nothing extra special about them that led Jesus to choose them. Nothing extra, extra special about them. Uh, the disciples, uh, they had their own unique pers- personalities, which is just a uh, kind of uh, southern nice way of saying uh, that they had flaws, right? Oh, they're unique they're unique. Uh, they, they all had their own character flaws, just like you and I have our, our faults and our character flaws. Uh, some of us are hot-headed. Some of us are a little too uh, slow to speak when we need to. We all have our own deals, right? But Jesus called them anyway, and Jesus used them anyway. So they were ordinary people, had flaws just like us, uh, and they were still called by Jesus. And in the end, we looked at this big idea that God uses the ordinary, and the flawed, which is all of us, right? God uses us if we allow him to use us uh, because he, he loves us regardless of our flaws, regard, regardless of how quote-unquote ordinary we are. Um, he loves us and wants to work through us. Another uh, thing from that is that God uses the ordinary to do extraordinary because whenever God uses um, a completely flawed human like Peter, you go, well, that guy couldn't do something like that on his own. And you know that there had to be some kind of outside force, some kind of outside thing that allowed Peter to be able to accomplish some of the crazy cool stuff that he was able to accomplish. So then all the credit goes to God, not Peter, because it was nothing he did on his own. It was nothing he did based off of his own extraordinariness um, because he was, just, he was just ordinary, just like you and I. And so in the same way, God chooses to use us to glorify himself and to show the world uh, his love, regardless of all of our stuff. Oh, I went into that already, and I wasn't even planning to, but that's fine. Um, and so one of the, the passages uh, that, we, uh, that we looked at was in Matthew chapter 28. You can turn there if you want. I'm just going to read it real quick. Um, this is known uh, as the Great Commission. Jesus said this after, uh, after he had died on the cross and was buried and risen. He'd been around for uh, a few days hanging out post-resurrection with the disciples and some other peoples. Um, and uh, And he he said this, he said, all authority, this is in verse 18 of chapter 28 of Matthew, uh, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So this is known as the Great Commission. This is Jesus saying like, hey, this is what I want you to do from this point on. This is your mission. This is the task. Change the world. Like, tell the world about me. Tell the world about me. And they went on to do that. And just before uh, Jesus went into heaven, uh, in Acts chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, we see uh, this verse. It says, you will, this is, one, this is the last thing that Jesus said before he, before he went into heaven that we know of. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And so the Holy Spirit, as we know him now, those of us who are Christians, that, that lives in us and teaches, that like pushes us and convicts us uh, and comforts us and all the, all the things that the Holy Spirit does for us, uh, had not come in this way yet. And it was, a, it was a little while after Jesus went into heaven that the Holy Spirit fell and like some crazy cool stuff happened. Um, so Jesus says, you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Those of you who have been in church for a long time, you've heard this verse a lot. To give you a, a frame of reference, those who have not heard this before, Jesus was starting where they were in Jerusalem and working his, working his way out. Uh, so for us, it would, it, it would be like Jesus said, all right, those of you who are Christians, and those of you who will hopefully become Christians, your goal, your mission is to tell everybody you can about me in Huntsville, in Alabama, in the U.S., and the rest of the world. So you start where you are and you work your way out, eventually going everywhere you can possibly go in the world to tell people about Jesus. That was, uh, that was the mission. That was the task at hand. So let's look at, let's look at uh, the disciples, how, to, how they uh, interpreted that and what, what they got to do. Now, a lot of uh, what I'm about to tell you uh, some, very few of it, uh, actually comes from the book, book of Acts that we know of what they did after a lot. Uh, others of it come from um, regional history, uh, history books uh, and stories, and then other uh, is, church, uh, is church history uh, or church, uh, I can't think of the word right now. Basically, the Catholic Church has stories that they told for a long time of some of these guys of how that, where they went and what they did uh, and how their lives ended. Anyway, so uh, we'll just kind of go the same order that we did last week. So Peter... You guys have been seeing that guy. Uh, these are just artistic renderings of these guys because there weren't cameras back then. Uh, so Peter, starting in Jerusalem, uh, he, uh, he started in Jerusalem, and he was a leader there uh, amongst the, the beginning church, the first church that was there. Uh, but then he became um, what we would call an itinerant pastor, he, a preacher. He traveled around uh, preaching, but it was, it was more preaching than it was like missionary kind of stuff. So uh, he was a traveling preacher um, and ended up working his way all the way over um, and, and ended his life. Uh, he didn't end his life. His life ended in Rome um, is where he made all his way uh, over to Rome. And then we have Andrew. This was Peter's brother. Uh, he is mentioned in Acts as one of the disciples, uh, but he, he worked his way north uh, on the Black Sea, um, and he had this great ministry uh, to pirates, like legit uh, his ministry was to sailors and to pirates. And he's, to, to this day, he's known as the patron saint of sailors. Um, and so uh, a lot of his ministry uh, was done. He went through Turkey and he went to Greece. He spent a lot of time uh, in that Asia Minor on up sort of into Europe along the coast doing ministry with, uh, with pirates slash sailors. Uh, and then we come to James the Greater. Um, he stayed 
uh, he stayed there uh, in Jerusalem uh, and did ministry. Um, and then he, uh, he was imprisoned, and then he uh, was eventually released. He, there's this really cool story uh, in Acts um, chapter 5 where he's in prison with some of the early church uh, people. They're in prison, and in the middle of the night, this angel shows up and unlocks the, the prison door and lets him out. But then apparently the angel like closes it back and locks it back because the next morning the guards come in and the guys are gone, but the door's still closed and, the, and locked. Uh, and so like behind him, the angel was like, so that, so that people could see that it was a miracle. It wasn't just like somebody had snuck in and unlocked the door for him, which is kind of what happened, uh, but in a miraculous way, in a miraculous way. So anyway, um, James, got, James the Greater got to do some, some pretty cool stuff and experience some cool things in that early church uh, with lots of uh, persecution. And then we have John the disciple whom Jesus loved. Um, uh, he was imprisoned uh, as well. Um, he, was, he was a part of what we know as the very first church. Like he was, he was a leader in the very first church um, and, and kind of hung out there uh, doing that. And the church, this church is said to have grown to over 5,000 people. So John was like leader in a mega church. There's racquetball going on in the other room for some reason. I'm not sure what's happening, um, but ignore that. But he eventually uh, in, ended up in Ephesus, uh, the book of Ephesians. That's written to the people of Ephesus. Yeah, so that's where he ended up. Uh, he didn't write that book, but that's where he was. Philip, um, he, he went to what we know today as Turkey, not like the bird, but the country. Um, that's where he, that's, he, he made his way uh, doing mission work and, and preaching all the way over uh, into modern-day Turkey. Uh, then we come to Bartholomew. Come to Bartholomew. What a what a cool name! Hello, welcome. Bartholomew uh, traveled um, also northern Turkey uh, uh, with Philip. He he traveled with Philip for a little while, but he continued to spread the gospel uh, eastward into Iraq, Iran, Pakistan. They weren't called that at the time, but that's that's what they're called today. So he hung out in that like middle uh, middle eastern area, uh, spreading the gospel, telling people. Uh, about Jesus. Matthew, the guy who wrote the book of Matthew, right? Uh, he preached and taught in Judea for eight years. He hung out there uh, in Jerusalem as well. But then he went over to uh, uh, Arabia uh, and then went on down into Ethiopia. Uh, and he was the first one to take the gospel down into Africa, actually. He was the first one to take gospel down into Africa. Uh, James the Lesser, right? Awesome nickname, the Lesser. Um, he took the gospel um, through the, through the Mediterranean Sea, kind of went west through that way. Um, and he actually made his way all the way to Spain, and his body is said to be buried uh, in northwestern Spain. Like, they have a spot where they believe within a certain realm of doubt, um, or within a certain realm of certainty, that it's actually his body there uh, in Spain, which is kind of cool. Uh, then Thaddeus, he looks awesome. I love that picture of Thaddeus. Um, he was real happy when he took that picture joke, right? Uh, anyway, he, uh, he traveled north uh, out of Asia uh, in the area uh, bridging Asia and Europe, like Turkey, Greece area. Yeah, aren't these cool? Right? He's just like, long way around. Um, so that was, uh, that was him traveling. Uh, let's see. There's one more, right? My notes. Here we go. Simon. This one's, this one's really good. So Simon shared the gospel. He went through Africa as well, um, northern Africa border, and then he ended up making his way over to the island of Britannia, right? How do you spell that? B r i t a n n i a. Also, know we know it now today as what? Britain. 
right? Great Britain. Make America Great Britain again. That's my motto. Just kidding. Anyway, uh, nobody caught it. Kim, saw it. Kim heard it, and she was like, don't say that. Don't, don't say that. Don't say that. Anyway, so he made his way over there, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about it. At that point in history, there were, there were tribes and there were people uh, in what we know as Britain, but it was very uh, barbaric still. It was very non-civilized. Uh, uh, what we would think of as England today, there weren't like monarchs running around being jerks quite yet. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so very quickly, um, the, here, let me, don't go, don't go just yet. I want to sit down. I want you to see this on the big scale. So we saw everybody's individual travel, if you were paying attention to these, those who are like in front of me. But this is everybody... Is everybody at once here? So that's shh, that's eleven guys. Eleven guys. Isn't that cool? That's incredible. So these disciples quickly as they traveled went from being 11 to 15 to 50 to 1,000 to millions. I mean, within a really short span uh, of time, Christians, like, just exploded in number, people who were following Jesus, who were, who were in actual uh, relationship with God the way God had intended, um, went very quickly from 11 to just millions because these guys took the call to start right where that pen is in the middle there in Jerusalem, going to Samaria, Judea, and then the rest of the world. They, they, took, they took that quite literally. It's astounding. And then I look at what I do in my life, and I'm like, oh, gosh, what am I doing? Anyway, so these guys quickly, um, quickly spread the gospel because they took the command from Jesus seriously, and they committed their lives to following him and spreading the good news uh, to the world. And so we come to uh, some things that we can draw from this, all right? So the first is the disciples each chose a specific mission. They didn't all just kind of decide, uh, like, oh, you know, I'm really from uh, Jerusalem. Uh, my family's here. Um, I mean, I might go hang out in, like, Samaria or something, uh, but I'm just going to kind of hang out in my hometown. I'm good here. I mean, people need Jesus here, right? So I'm just going to hang out here. Um, they didn't do that. They didn't, they didn't just collect up, and whenever uh, things got hard, they didn't just, like, cower down, uh, hunker down, and, like, go into a bunker uh, and say, forget the world. No, they, they took on the world, and they changed the world. It, they changed the world. The disciples uh, chose their own specific mission. Uh, a lot, some of them would travel together, but they, they split up. They split up pretty easily. Um, they chose um, their own specific mission uh, where the Holy Spirit led them and used them to do some really cool and really incredible, really incredible things. The next is the disciples, they didn't let anything stand in their way. The disciples didn't let anything stand in the way. The Bible tells us um, these tremendous trials, and then tra- history tells us uh, the persecution that pressed in on these guys in, in the early church, all these people uh, who believed in Jesus and this movement that began uh, and ended up shaping and changing history uh like as we know it today um and these guys uh they didn't let anything stand in their way 
lots of times along the way, uh, they would be beaten, they would, they would be cursed at, they'd be run out of towns, but they kept going because they knew the message that they carried was that important, that regardless of what harm came to them, what um, negative and bad words came their way, this message was worth carrying to these people who rejected them, these people who rejected them. Um, the, disciples, the disciples gave their all for Christ. Gave their all for Christ. Every single one of these guys suffered, and all of them except for one, as far as we know, was martyred. I want, I want to actually read through this, um, how uh, each one of these guys' life ended. I want you guys listening, okay? Not playing with straws, not doing whatever you're doing right now. I need everybody listening, okay? I'm going to, I'm going to read through so that I get the facts straight here, okay? So we'll, we'll start and go through the same order. Um, so Peter, he was beheaded uh, probably around the same time that Paul was uh, there in Rome. He was beheaded. James uh, was killed by Herod uh, in Israel. John uh, was condemned by Rome. Uh, he, was, um, he was scalded alive in boiling oil and survived. He was boiled in oil and survived. How crazy is that, right? Like, so he's got uh, all these, uh, he's, he's like completely scarred up, and the church, I mean, uh, Rome couldn't like condemn him a second time to execution, so they just excommunicated him. They just banished him to the island of Patmos, and that's where he wrote uh, Revelation. And then he eventually uh, was released from uh, Patmos, which was this island in the Mediterranean Sea that like they only sent like people they hated slash terrible people. Uh, he was eventually released from that and came back, and he, act, he was the only one who died of natural causes back in Ephesus. He had pastored there until he died of natural causes. However, he was boiled in oil. Uh, so uh, that's, that's just terrible. Uh, anyway, so he, he lived uh, through some crazy stuff, but he got to do some incredible things for God as well. Moving on, John. Uh, no, that was John already. Moving on, where was that? Philip, uh, he was strangled to death. Um, Nathaniel, uh, he continued to preach. Uh, he, was, he was killed. We don't know in what manner, but he was martyred um, while he was preaching. Bartholomew was killed in the year 44 AD uh, in this really terrible way that I'm not going to go into detail about, but it was awful. Uh, he was killed. Thomas, uh, I was reading something about Thomas's, and they kind of made, I guess, kind of a bad like, joke about the way he died. So, um, Thomas, did I, did I go over Thomas in this earlier thing? Did I skip Thomas? How did I skip Thomas? Man, wow. So Thomas, Thomas was really cool. He went to uh, India. He went to India. He, uh, Bo uh, Buddhism was really starting to make inroads into Asia uh, at this point, and he, uh, he really wanted to go and, and fight back against that. And so he made his way over there uh, and did, did a lot of ministry. He was, uh, the way he died, um, church history tells us that uh, a Buddhist priest speared him in the side. And the, the, the thing that someone talked about was it was kind of ironic. He was the guy who doubted Jesus until he would like feel the holes in his hands and his side, you know. And I was like, oh, come on, that's poor taste. Anyway, uh, so he was, he was uh, speared in the side by a Buddhist priest, but he still did a lot of cool ministry uh, in India. Uh, Matthew, uh, he's, he was mentioned in a, history, in a Jewish history book. 
and they talk about his trial and his execution. Uh, it wasn't any like, like crazy, weird execution. Uh, I think, I don't, we don't know the details. He was executed. Uh, James the Lesser, uh, he was martyred, and, then, and Thaddeus uh, was beaten and clubbed to death by an angry mob. Thaddeus was beaten and clubbed to death by an angry mob. Uh, and then Simon the Zealot, he was the one that traveled over to Britain. Uh, he, was, uh, he was killed by a wild tribe of roaming British people. Um, it's just interesting to think of Britain that way because they're so like prim and proper now, but they were like barbarians at this point. Uh, and he, uh, he, was, he was killed by uh, a wild tribe there. So all these guys, all these guys gave everything they had, even their own lives, to spread the gospel to as many people as possible. Jesus' call was to start where you are and to work your way out, telling as many people about him in the world as possible. Now, for a lot of you, you you are where you are at the moment, and you're supposed to be where you are, and so that's your world. Who in your world, I need everybody looking up here, everybody looking up here, who in your world needs to hear about Jesus? Maybe we think about it this way. Instead of, we, instead of thinking about it in regional manners, because where you guys are is, is where you are, who in your family needs to hear about Jesus? Who in your extended family needs to hear about Jesus? Who in your peer group at school need to hear about Jesus. For a lot of you who are Christians, hopefully faces and names start coming to mind of people in your world that need to hear about Jesus. Just as the disciples were called to be Jesus' witness to the world, the same call extends through history to us. When you become a Christian, your mission is to tell as many people as possible about Jesus. Tell as many people uh, about Jesus. So, here's a challenge. Those of you who are Christians, who are two, I'll just leave it at two, who are two people in your world, in whatever way you're connected to them, that need to hear about Jesus? And are you willing to risk whatever it is you need to risk to tell them about Jesus in the next two months? For most of us, the only risk is possibly rejection. Um, And I'll just, honest time with JJ, okay? Most of my life to current day, a lot of the times that I don't tell someone about Jesus when I should is because I'm afraid they're going to reject what I have to say. I'm afraid that I'm, go- or I'm afraid that I'm going to offend them. But isn't that kind of crappy? Like, I have the greatest news there is to tell, and I'm not willing to tell them that because I'm afraid, I'm afraid I might hurt their feelings with the greatest news that's, that they'll ever hear. I'm afraid that they're going to reject me. Who are two people in your life, whether in some kind of extracurricular activity you do, whether it's in a, your fourth period class, whatever, maybe they're 
in the same house as you? There are two people that need to hear about Jesus, and what are you willing to sacrifice to tell them about Jesus? Some of you uh, aren't Christians. In a group this size, the, the chance that every single one of us uh, is Christians is pretty low. Um, so for some of you, where you begin uh, is you've got to begin with Jesus. God wants you to be on the same mission to change the world. The only true change in the world is the gospel. We can do all the, the, all the charities and all the things we want. We can go green as much as we want to. But if there's, no, if there's no spiritual change, if there's no love for Jesus, then there's no real change. There's no real change. The only real significant change in this world is Jesus. And so for, the, for those of you who aren't Christians yet, that change has to happen before you can jump in and, and change the world in the way that really needs to be changed. And the way you do that um, is by putting your faith and your trust in Jesus that he... He is who he said he is. He was the Savior. You can come talk to me. You can come talk to one of your Christian friends or one of the small group leaders, and they can kind of answer all your questions and guide you through that. The disciples' mission is our mission. Let nothing stand in the way of sharing Christ with the world. Let me pray, and we'll go into small groups. Father, reveal to me, reveal to us people in our world, in our lives that we need to sacrifice some things to tell them about you. Help us to walk out of here tonight with a renewed purpose of loving you deeply and telling the world about the love that you have for them. Christ, I'm going to pray. Amen.